This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, uh, welcome to another edition of That Millwall Podcast. Something very, very different uh, for you guys today. We're uh, joined by Ben for an episode of Who Are You? Firstly, Ben, how are you? Very well, mate. All the better for spending Valentine's Day with your fine self. Absolutely. Uh, I made a joke of it on Twitter. We are spending Valentine's Day together to to bring you some content. So um, I don't know if you guys are lucky or not, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, this is part of a uh, series that we'll be doing uh, alongside uh, many supporters, hopefully, called "Who Are You," where we get to know some some of the faces um, at Millwall and, and obviously the faces of the of the that Millwall podcast uh, panel. Um, ben, I'll start nice and easy. Um, where are you from and how did you become a Millwall fan? Where am I from? So, lived in Epsom all my life in Surrey. Um, recently emigrated up north. Mickey likes to take the piss out of me and say I'm the northern correspondent. It does have its advantages now living in Manchester. I get to go to a lot of the away games considering the, the championship's quite a northern league at the minute. So, yeah, it does have, a, have some advantages living up here. But, yeah, lived in Epsom all my life and recently emigrated up to Manchester. How did I become a Millwall fan? I think this answer is probably going to be very similar for, for all of us. But I'm really only a Millwall fan because of my dad. It was pushed on me as a kid, didn't really have a choice. Went from a very young age and got the bug very quickly. So, yeah, become a Millwall fan purely because of my dad. Strangely enough, his dad wasn't, my granddad wasn't a, a huge football fan. He liked Man City of all teams. He had a bit of a soft spot for Nottingham Forest, but he wasn't a huge football fan, mm. although he was from Brixton. Um, so you could say in the catchment area for us. But yeah, granddad wasn't a huge fan, but but dad was a Millwall fan. So, or is a Millwall fan, I should say. So yeah, that was the only reason why I'm a Millwall fan. And I'm assuming based on that, I think a lot of a lot of our, our viewers and listeners will say the same thing, the family relation. It tends to be the dad that, that kind of introduces their son to, to football. Can you remember your first game or your first memories of the game or or if not the first one, memories of, of, of when, when you can remember what you can remember? I, I don't really remember the game, but it was quite a historic one. It was the, the Mill Sporting Lisbon game, so our first game at the New Den. Don't really remember too much about it being only three. Um, but my first memories, and again, I, I can't remember who we played this game, but 
one of my very first memories was of me and my dad going. We sat in the cold blow lane lower, and I remember just walking up the steps and the deafening sound of of the crowd was something that just hooked me instantly as a kid. And I probably have only been five or six and I can't really remember the game that it was, but that was one of my earliest memories and coming away from it. And that would have been obviously mid nineties where it would have been quite intimidating and it would have been pretty much a packed house. And I remember just coming away from it, as I say, as a young lad and going, wow. Um, so that was one of my earliest memories. Yeah. I don't really remember the the game at the new den, as I said, I was obviously only three, but yeah, that was my first game. And in terms of the den, obviously you've mentioned there that your first one was obviously at the new ground. So you unfortunately can't comment on, on the old den. Um, the new ground, I know it's called the new den now, but it's not so new anymore. Do you like it? Would you make any changes to the ground? What What do you think about it? How do you feel? Yeah, I, I, I love the, the den as I know it. We don't, I think new, newer fans or younger age fans don't say the new den because it's not mm-hmm. new for us it is the den I, I i love it i think you go to a lot of grounds obviously we played qpr saturday just gone you, you go to places like lofters road and you get stuck in a bad seat you've got no chance of seeing the goal in front of you so i'd imagine from a spectator as a home fan as an away fan it's quite a good ground to, to go to i think i love now that we've recently started giving the lower tier to the away fans i know yeah sort of early thousands into the, the, the sort of 2010 era. We, we did it certainly only for like big games. Remember Norwich having it in League One. I think Southampton may have had it in League One. So it's been few and far between, certainly in recent seasons. I like that we've done it now and we're starting to do it more. I get why it hasn't happened. Um, but yeah, as, as a ground, I think we're probably up there as one of the better ones in the league, I, I would have thought, as an, as an away fan coming to. Um, so yeah, I, I like the Den. I've... I don't want to go down that route of the the new Bermondsey or whatever it's going to be called if that's ever going to happen. I I, I I'm not a fan of that. So yeah, I, I love the new the the den. And where do you sit? So grounds? we, me and my dad, or my dad's, my dad's moved moved around the stadium quite a bit actually. I remember saying when when I first used to go with dad, we'd always be in a club club lane end. Forget my words out. Then we went to to East Upper. Now we're in the in the West Upper. So. We've moved around quite a bit, but we're settled up there now. If I if I get down to the home games, it'll be, be in the West Upper now. And I'm going to really put you on the spot now because this is a, probably the first hard question uh, of the interview. There's been a lot of greats. We're, we're about a similar age, so a lot of our answers may be very similar to in, in I think they will to be. players and, and memories and things like that. But I'm going to put you on the spot. Favourite all-time Millwall player? I think, as you said, we're similar ages, so a lot of our answers are going to be fairly similar. I had a list of three that I'd written down and I came out on top with Tim Cahill. And I think, again, just one of my favourite memories, not my all-time favourite, but one of my favourite is obviously the FA Cup semi-final. It's probably going to be for a lot of a lot of fans, again, of all ages, but certainly our age. I think when he came back to us, the buzz that it brought back to the club even though he didn't play a great deal, just really lifted us. He is, he is a club legend. He always will be in my eyes. Um, well, probably everyone's eyes. But yeah, I think for me, Tim Cale. My other two were Neil Harris. And I actually had Rhino down. And I loved Rhino as a kid. And I don't know if it was because he was called Rhino and I was a kid or if it was because he was such a good player. So they were. My, I'd say they were my three. It was very tough between Timmy and, and Bomber, but 
yeah, I think I, I'd just edge it to to Mr. Cahill. Yeah, I think that's a, a probably a safe bet for a lot of supporters, especially as I say, being, being the same age, we're probably going to, um, you know, love the same kind of players. Favorite manager in your time as a supporter? I always go back to Kenny Jacket. And again, I think it was probably because prime age of me supporting Millwall, I guess. And I just remember those few seasons of us being in League One when Leeds were down there, Norwich were down there, Southampton were down there, us, Charlton were doing well. And it just seemed like every week the den was packed. We'd have a big game. We were obviously in around the top three, four all the time. And it was just a good, fun time to support Millwall. We, we played on the front foot. We had a really decent squad for League One. And if you look back at the other teams, as I just mentioned, that were in around us then, the likes of Southampton, they had Ricky Lambert playing for them, Adam Lallana, mm-hmm. Schneiderlin. Schneidlin? Possibly coming through the ranks, yeah. So p- people, like that would have, people like that would have been there. So that was a real favourite time of mine. My all-time favourite memory that will come on to is a Kenny Jacket squad or team. So I would say my all-time favourite is going to be Kenny Jacket. But just because, as I say, that period for me was just a fantastic time to support Millwall. I'm going to throw you a little bit of curveball now. Obviously, for the listeners at home, we have we kind of roughly know the, the format and the questions that are coming here. But I'm going to throw one that Ben might not be expecting. Um, and I think I know the answer to his, this question. But how about your worst manager during your time? I think, again, this answer might be very similar. but Yeah, it's... Probably going to be an obvious one. Actually, it could be one or two, actually. And I think they're going to be the obvious ones. But mm-hmm. I think if anyone, certainly of our age and of recent years, doesn't say in Holloway, then <sighs> I, it, it, it was just a time where he just didn't get us as a fan base. He no. spent a lot of money for Millwall standards and for other previous managers that had been at the club. He brought in a lot of his old mates. It just didn't work. I think the worst thing he could have ever done was obviously when he left was blame Neil Harris for the situation that he'd inherited and it it just didn't end well. Um, I was relatively excited. I'm not going to lie when we appointed him. I thought that what he'd done with Blackpool was obviously worked wonders and I was, yeah, so I was pretty excited. We'd spent decent money again, as I just mentioned. So it, it was a weird one because it just didn't work out. But I think what happened after he left and the immediate aftermath, the things he said, didn't endear himself to the, the Millwall fans, did he? So I think him um, closely followed by our mate Lomas. Funny for the enough, obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, on that with, with Holloway, I, I was really buzzing with the appointment. I, I, I keep getting a, a memory on my Facebook whenever the whenever the day comes around of a screenshot of the article that he was announced. And I was absolutely delighted. And they did, to be fair to him, the first season, he did keep us up. It might have been luck. It might have been a number of reasons. But that, the following season, as you say, he didn't understand the club. He didn't understand the fan base. He didn't understand what it meant to be in and around the Millwall environment. And, and yeah, it, even when he left, it was bad. But it was made worse by his comments and then coming back and, and all yeah. of the, the sort of circus around coming back as well. But um it sounds like we've gone on to a little bit of a dreary uh, part Tangent. of the episode. And I'm gonna we'll carry on I know oh, I'm gonna carry on with that theme now. I'm gonna <laughs> move on to your uh, worst moment as as a supporter. Where oh, were you worst. at your lowest? Worst moment, <laughs> that's 
do you know what? I always make this story. It's, it's, it's a worse moment in the context of what it meant to that season. But I look back and it wasn't that bad a moment, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it was the game against Tranmere away. Again, that season of us all being in the league with Leeds, Southampton, Norwich, etc. And we went up there, we sold out the away end, probably 1,500, 2,000 of us. I think, if I remember rightly, Tranmere had Andy Robert, Roberts, Robinson on loan from Leeds and he scored an absolute weldy and we lost 1-0 and what well, could have been 2-0. But everyone else that day, it was a case of we'd played Tranmere and I think, it, again, it was really tight in the league. If we'd have won, we'd have gone top. And it was it was so tight at that point. We obviously got beat that day. And everyone else around us lost. Leeds lost, Charlton lost, Southampton lost. So I just no, none of them won. And I think that was the telltale point of us not getting automatic promotion that year. And it was just one of those days where it was a eight-hour round trip. We didn't perform at all. Went up there with a big crowd. And I look back and say... It, it was a worse moment in the context of that season, but it also leads me on to my favourite all-time moment as well. And it wasn't that bad. It wasn't a devastating, catastrophic event. It was just, as I say, in the context of that season, it just, it was one that I always look back on and go, if Lewis Graben didn't miss that header from the corner underneath the crossbar, it might have been different. We might have gone on to win the league and what a league it would have been to have won with all those teams in it that season. But yeah, a, a, a very loose, low point, I think. Go on, Andy. You look like you're eager to go on to your favourite <laughs> moments. So that led us in nicely. So go on, what favourite moment supporting Millwall? Well, my favourite moment of supporting Millwall is, it's going to be a weird one for a lot of fans because it's not a winning game and it's a Scunthorpe game at Wembley. And I think, again, just everything about it, it was our first time at the new Wembley, 47,500, whatever we had. The, the 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 day was beautiful. It was beautiful sunshine. Went with my dad, one of his mates, who's now sadly passed away. We had great seats. We were just in between the halfway line and the 18-yard box. And my favourite Millwall moment is Gary Alexander scoring without question, and I won't have it with anyone telling me otherwise, the greatest goal at Wembley. But the five minutes of him scoring that goal and then the header going in, and it's given me just tingles now thinking about it was the greatest five minutes of my Millwall support in life. The elation is making, you're making me go funny just, just talking about it. And it was just, yeah, that, that for me was my, my greatest moment supporting Millwall to see that goal go in, to see 47 and a half thousand fans going absolutely berserk was something that I'd never seen. And then, as I say, the header to go in three minutes later or whatever it was. And it was, it was the place was rocking. It was absolutely rocking. I know we went on to lose, but I just look back again on that, and it was just a, such an unbelievable day. Um, yeah, by far and away the best moment of uh, my Millwall supporting life, which is weird because we lost. <laughs> but funny enough, on that, on that, I was actually behind the goal, directly in line with the shot. So I don't. I'm not going to say I remember everything, but the ball dropped. Alexander went to hit it and I, I sort of, everyone's looking around. You, you, you know, that that, that instant, that yeah. It's weird because it's it all happened so quickly, but you still have time to go, no, no, what are you doing? And then yeah. and then just the absolute carnage that, that led, as I say, 
I think it's a bit of a, an interesting one. It's your favourite moment. It makes sense because that five minutes probably were probably one of the most unreal moments as a fan. It's just if you could if you could bottle up that feeling, yeah. As a, as a fan in a playoff final, you're one nil down, and then to go two mm. one up in such a short short space of time, and then even going into half time, everyone was just. It, it was. It was just unbelievable. Um, and it's, like, it's such a weird one because we went on to lose. But I, I never come away from that and go, oh, we lost that playoff final. I just look back at it and go, what a day. And it's weird because we obviously got promoted next year via the playoffs, beat Swindon. And it was a complete opposite. We went up there. It was a shit day weather-wise. It rained all day. Me and my dad had bad seats for some reason. We were stuck up in the clouds. It was a bit of a rubbish game. And it was, it's so weird because we won that playoff final. I don't ever look back at that and go, what a day. And no. we got promoted and it's the greatest way in football to be promoted. I feel sorry for the, the Premier League sides that have never experienced it because it is an emotion and a, an emotion, emotional roller coaster like none other the playoffs. Um, but yeah, if you compare those two, two games, one that we lost is by far and away my, my favourite meal moment, one we won. I probably wouldn't even put it in my top five or even ten moments with Millwall, which is which is weird. On the subject of Gary Alexander, had he have scored the header, oh. do you think do you think he would have been classed a legend purely on the basis of scoring a hat trick at, at Wembley? Do you think that would have just taken him up to to top tier? Uh, yeah, I think absolutely. I think he's very well regarded with Millwall fans anyway because he was mm-hmm. just a, yeah, he, he was just he was a superb player for us. He gave his all. We probably wasn't the best technically, but him and Bomber did so well up front for us for such a well good few seasons. Um yeah, I do think if he'd have scored that, got us promoted on that day with a hat trick, the greatest goal ever at Wembley, you'd be it'd just it'd be impossible not to put him in legendary status, wouldn't it? So, yeah, I do think Haddy have scored and even Bomber's chance just oh, got him. Absolutely it's interesting getting. that you say that because I never remember about Bomber's chance. It, you say it and you think about it, but it is always that memory of Alexander's header that just sticks with yeah. me. It, it, I think that day is, it is an interesting one. It is an interesting moment. But as you said earlier, the five minutes, if you could bottle that and and maybe try and inject that into the players. You you couldn't in a right? big game. You, just couldn't. you couldn't do it, but if you could, if you could give them a boost in a game, you know, God forbid if we make the playoffs this year, just give them a, a spell where they can feel that emotion. It would, it really would, it would be quite quite. Special. One going on to the playoff theme. Whilst we're talking about the the Bradford one, would be would be up there. Mm-hmm. I think that again. We've all seen the Titanic music video, right? And it just, it's, it's poetry. Um, and again, we, we do we do Wembley well. And as a Mill fan, I'm quite proud to say that we've been there a lot in recent years. We've got the record there. I don't care what anyone says. We definitely have got the record there. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not one to be proud of if you shout about too much, but the fact that we got on the pitch at Wembley and just things like that, just what a club. Um, what a day that was. Joel Narcher's save in the 90th minute or whatever it was just yeah unbelievable that that would be up there for me that that was a good day that was a good day it's funny obviously at the time we're recording this this is um just after the QPR game where obviously we've won 2-1 at Loftus Road and Archer is in their squad he was on the bench for them on Saturday didn't even know that 
there was a few people in the crowd behind us. I was talking to my dad in there and, and sort of saying, you know, you could hear people talking about that save. They were still, t- I mean, don't get me wrong. He went on and had a few stinkers um, in a yeah. cool shirt. But, <laughs> but that save, we probably are where we are today because of that. Because if they go 1-0 up Bradford there in that in that at that moment, I think we would have struggled because they were building a bit of momentum and Archer kind of kept them at bay and so the rest is history. And then the dubbed Titanic music um, yeah. goal from Poetry, Steve Morrison has been doing it gets it gets shared everywhere, doesn't it? As soon as someone it spots it again on, on Twitter, you just see it and everyone starts yeah. um absolutely buzzing about it. Um again, probably keeping on a bit more of a, a dreary theme. It will get better, guys. I promise the questions will start. <laughs> well, to it's improve. been happy. That that little five minute segment's yeah. been happy at least. It's put That's a smile true. on my face talking about it. Um in terms of Millwall players, it can be a loan, it can be permanent. Um, the worst player you've seen in a Millwall shirt? I think this ties in with my worst manager and what I'd said earlier about him signing one of his mates. And the Gary Taylor Fletcher one for me, just when I look back at it now, and I was struggling a little bit with this question and I, I was looking at it and going, Joe, I've never really looked at someone and gone, oh, just get out. Or don't like him, or whatever. I've just even if they've been bad players, I've, I've never really never really thought of anything like that. No. So I had a little look through the squads earlier, and I just looked at it and thought, why the fuck did we do that? Why did we sign him? I think he was thirty-four when we got him in. He would have been on big dough, I would imagine, and it genuinely would have been up for me probably our worst signing in recent years. He was overweight. I remember seeing him, I and mean, there's always that famous picture that gets thrown around Twitter again, normally in a transfer window when we say, who do we need to come and save us? And yeah, I just look back at it and go, why? Did you, why? Well, we know why, because he was Holloway's mate, but just, yeah, he, he was one that stood out for me when I looked through all the squads earlier and it just, yeah, unbelievable that we'd go after a player at 34. And as I say, I'd imagine we'd probably been on fairly decent wages, was overweight as a manager probably goes to tell you what Ian Holloway thought about us and as a club at the time, but to look at him and go, he's what we need to save us. You could just look at him and say he wasn't going to be able to do it in the championship at the time of the size of him. So, yeah, I'd go with Gary Taylor Fletcher. I think that that leads on nicely as well. And this was a question that when we were prepping for this, that when I was asking, obviously I'm going to ask you now, and it made me think about it. Um, The worst player you've ever seen play against Millwall which is quite interesting because for me, it's very difficult sometimes because you only might see a team once or twice a season. And if they have a player that plays badly, they might not be at that club. So you might not see them. You might only see them once play for them. But if you had to try and narrow it down, what worse yeah, have you seen play against us? That's, that was also a tough one. I must have missed that on the on the list of questions because <laughs> that's, that's going to be a tough one to answer on the spot now. Um, yeah, if it helps. If it helps, I have an answer. So, and I'm not going to say it because that's going to ruin when we do my one, and I'm not going to help you out. Mm, yeah, can I come back to that? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I think you might have um, touched on this. Uh, you, it may be the same answer. Picture the scene: all of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Uh, the mem- most memorable match that you've been to, I'm going to assume that perhaps the Scunthorpe playoff final might be up there, although I would hazard a guess that you may change that for a, a winning game. Yeah, I'm, do you know what? Again, it's not. Uh, it's probably a memorable moment as well, but this is something I always remember as a kid and it's a bit of a story and it might cross over among the later questions, but... We played Cambridge United in probably 96, 97, it would have been mid to late 90s. And they had a keeper on loan from Newcastle. Do you remember Lionel Pires? Yes. Had long, yeah. blonde, shaggy hair. Mm-hmm. And he was on loan from Newcastle. And this game always, rem- it's just a moment of mine that I always remember, a game that I always remember because of this. And we were sat in the cold blow lane upper and as a, Young kid, we were sat next to this this bloke, my dad and I, and Lionel Perez. I think Cambridge had gone one nil up, if I remember, and was just winding the crowd up the whole time. Obviously, he was getting bowel loads of abuse because of his long blonde hair, and obviously giving it back to the crowd. And this geezer kept going, "I'm going to get this bloke in a minute." He didn't use that word, but he kept going, "I'm going to get this bloke in a minute. Going to get this bloke in a minute." Anyway, sat, got up, got up out of his chair. We were sat, it was the very first row, cold blow lane upper it was, so you could see down. And then about two minutes later, we saw him down on the lower tier, wrestling with the steward, trying to get on the pitch, trying to get Lionel Pires. And it's just one of those moments in games that I always remember before that. And it, yeah, I, I'll say that one. Um, if well, Actually, that's just a bit of a moment just to get out there. It, most memorable game. We've had we've had quite a few, haven't we? Um, we when uh, we... when I thought of, when I again thought about this question and what you might say, we're lucky that we've been brought up in an era where the club have been relatively successful or yeah. more successful. I know we haven't reached the top flight, but take that aside. The things we've seen the club achieve, you know, our dads before us and grandparents possibly wouldn't have imagined anything quite like what we've we've been able to so it is quite difficult to narrow it down if you look back in our last 20 25 years or so 30 in terms of our lifetimes right it's we have been so lucky and really only up until the last few years of us being the championship Wembley was our second home right so yeah we have been really lucky in that I'm probably going to have to say the FA Cup final because again as a 14-year-old going to that, just probably never going to see it ever again. And to see the likes of that United side that they had, and I still adamant and will say it to this day, that we made Cristiano Ronaldo because up until that point, he wasn't really doing too much and just terrorised poor Matt Lawrence all day. Um, 
Alan after that went on to do obviously what he's done. So I, I still like to say that we made Ronaldo because we were that bad and let him do the things he did that day. Um, but yeah, I'll say the FA Cup final. On that, on the Cup final, do you think if Danny Dicchio had been available, obviously he was sent off, I think, two or three days before the end of the season, uh, do you think that had he have been available and we'd have been able to play perhaps the, the system and shape that we'd been used to, that it wouldn't have been such a so one-sided? I wouldn't say win because that would be very, very simple. <laughs> I saw you shaking your head. I'm thinking, I'm not, I don't think we'd have won, but I do think we we set up very negatively because we, that's all we had. Yeah, I, I just think naturally we were always probably going to set up that way anyway, just because, I mean, that United side's one of the best ever, right? Mm -hmm. If not the best that, that probably we've ever seen. So, well, we're going with no, it wouldn't have been as one-sided, but it would have been still very difficult for us. And now it's just also dawned on me that, again, that my two favourite Millwall memories are two defeats. So I should probably revisit that one with a, a game that we won at some point. But another game that always sticks out, and we did win this game, was when we played Colchester in League One. They gave us half the ground. That was a good day. It's very a very unimportant day, but just a day that I remember and always thought, why would you do that? We gave us the whole ground. And I think Neil Harris scored. And I want to say Steve Morrison, and we won 2-0 or 2-1. Um, that was always a game that always sticks out to me. Again, I just had a great day that day. Funny enough, I, I, on that subject of culture, I went there. I think it might have been the year we got promoted under Harris. And it was nil-nil and they give us loads as well. And it was the worst game of football. <laughs> We'd, and it's not far, is it? It's only, you know, over the only end 25. And we were going there, going for the top six. I think they were at the bottom of the league. There was a lot of Millwall fans there on the day. It was a great atmosphere and we were terrible. Yeah. Absolutely terrible, which is standard Mill, isn't it? We get an opportunity to, to try and achieve something and they, they kind of do their best to... to um, to throw it away. Um, you touched on your favourite or, or possibly your funniest moment as a fellow wrestling with the steward. I knew there was a question like I knew there was a question coming like that. So yeah, that'll definitely be my one for that. Do you do you have um perhaps a a favourite moment in terms of I know we've possibly covered this question, maybe not necessarily a game, but perhaps a moment where I don't know, you you felt like that you sort of belonged as a Millwall fan or you really started to have that passion or what what was the where where did you start to think do you know what this is this is it this is this is what I want I think again probably ties in with my favorite time and favorite manager that that three or four years of us being in league one and as I said you, you just go down the den every week and it was rocking and it was just I remember Bristol we played Bristol City at home and I had the whole top tier and they broke in down the bottom of the uh, emergency exit. And it, it was just a time where we seemed to sell out every week. And we had every, it was just a real feel good factor about the place. So I, that whole Kenny Jacket tenure for me was just a time that made me really, really fall in love with being a Millwall fan. I suppose it's probably quite late on, really, to, 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 to say that. But yeah, that, that whole period was just a good time. And everywhere you went away from home, we'd nearly sell out. All the home games were sold out. We seemed to have a big game nearly every other week because of the mm. size of the clubs that were in yeah. the league. And I think, as I say, that 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 period of time for me was just, uh, yeah, probably a, a time that really gripped me to say, what a club, what a fan base. 
and just yeah, what what great memories are, are around that period as well. Moving on, I'm going to start to come a little bit more current at the moment, and this again probably a difficult question because we're in a similar patch. I won't I won't quite compare us to the the Kenny Jacket side that you've you've spoke about, but we seem to be at the moment going through quite a good phase as a club, a good squad. Um, there's a lot of togetherness with the fans. Who's your favourite player in the current squad and who do you think is the most valuable in terms, not necessarily what they're worth in transfer value, but most valuable to the team? My favourite player is the Vag Slammer. So I just had to get that in there because we made, made a joke about it on the group today. Um, <laughs> no, I can't say that. My favourite player at the moment and I actually Joe mentioned going to hammer you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm really, I'm really missed a trick last night. I and mean, I should have said it on the pod for anyone listening now. We spoke to the commentary guys and the inside man yesterday. And he asked who, Stephen asked me who our one to watch is. And I really should have said Vogue Slammer, the Vag Slammer. But I didn't. Yeah, my favourite player at the minute. And it's crept up on me really probably this calendar year which is weird because I haven't played that many games but the most improved player I think I've seen in the middle shirt in a long time has been Billy Mitchell yeah. and again it was obviously massively publicised about his 100 appearances at the weekend but even Saturday the game just gone I watched the full replay earlier and at the end he was getting stuck in he was pulling people away from tackles getting making tackles I think if you look at a player and define a Millwall type player it is him He's obviously a mill lad. He gets the clubs. He's got that immediate connection with the fans. But the quality that he's improving and the rate of knots, I think he's improving, we will do well to keep hold of him because there will be a club that will look at him that either comes down from the Premier League or is going up to and can really see the value that he could add to a squad and a starting eleven. And for me, yeah, he is very quickly become my favourite current mill player. I don't think there's a game that we see him play that he plays less than a 7 out of 10 now. And I know early parts of the season he got probably a bit of unjust criticism, should we say, in terms of his passing and his passing range and not passing it forward quite a lot. But again, Gary Rowett made a point in his post-match interview to say he doesn't need to be adding assists and goals to his game because what he does for us, he, he does so well. So, yeah, I think, sorry for the long-winded answer, but yeah, Billy Mitchell. And most valuable, not in terms of transfer value, in terms of I, valuable to this team. Who could we, who couldn't we afford to lose? I think everyone's going to say Fleming, right? But I, I think there's probably a couple, and we've actually lost one now, which is weird. And I, I think I've always said Hutch because I think what he brings to that, to us as a team, as, as club captain, he's probably been one of the most consistent performers again since he signed for us. I don't think there's any club in the Championship that wouldn't have him. I think he's just a superb centre-half. For me, he's a very, very crucial part of our team, squad. I, I Yeah, I, I think Hutch is very, very important to us. Like, I think also, I'm going to say the pair of them, Cooper and Hutch. I think them two, and again, I've said it on previous pods, that I think they are up there with the best two, the best centre-half pairing in the league. And I don't think... yeah. There's many clubs that wouldn't have either of them. Um, so I think the obvious answer would be Fleming because he's got that quality going forward that we haven't seen in a very long time in a Mill shirt. But for me, I think Hutch is very important, which again, as I said, is weird because he's out at the minute and Creswell did amazing 
on Saturday and has done for the last couple of weeks now. And in terms of, you know, bringing it current, it'd be hard to, to say maybe things that you would change from the past. But if you could make any changes to the club or changes to uh, a particular period of time, what would you, where would you go? What would you, if you could, what, where would you like if to change? If I could make one change, and this isn't really a club change, it's just something that I've always looked back on. Two, actually, because they're very, very similar. I think not getting a transfer fee for Jed Wallace was criminal. I know at the time we had to keep him last year, but when bids were being made for him, I just look back now and, and just think if we had that extra five mil, 10 mil, maybe a push of transfer budget for this year, could we have really gone after someone this January? That really sticks to me as just a poor bit of business from the club. And similarly, my, my, my first piece I was going to say was obviously only getting a very minimal £1 million for Tim Cahill. Again, you look back now and just criminal. And they're just transfers you look back on and we will look back on, I think, in maybe 10, 15 years of going, well, certainly the Cahill one we do now, but certainly the Jed one moving forward that you go, they could have put us on the map. And you look at other clubs that do it. We seem to be very bad at recruitment or selling players on for a transfer, their transfer of value and getting good value from the, the market from them. So I think that would be one that I would change if I could, just because I think it would have helped us this year now looking at, how close we touchwood might be going into that top six for the rest of the year or hopefully get there. If we really had that top-notch strike or even just someone else in the squad that we could really look at and it wouldn't just be all on Fleming. So, yeah, I think think that, I would say, for me, I would change. Now I'm going to make you think about your entire life supporting the <laughs> What would you say, and it's a two-part question, what would you say is your favourite away day and what would you say is the best ground you've visited, not including Wembley? Favourite away day? As in game that I've been to or yes. just yeah, favorite Favourite away day, a game you've been to and then also a, a, a favourite ground. One of the my favourite ones was Crystal Palace away when Theo Robinson scored. Um, it was just a great away day that was. I went with one of my friends from uni who's a Southampton fan um, and it was just a fantastic day. It's going to lead on to one of the other questions in a bit, but any time we beat them lot is always a good thing. Um, yeah, that, that always sticks out for me as a great away day. And I think at the time we probably weren't really expected to beat them or we thought it was going to be a really tough game. So yeah, to beat them that day was beautiful. And favourite ground to visit? Favourite ground to visit? Um, it's a bit of a weird one, this one, because, again, they're in one of my weird clubs that I hate, and it's going to the Majeski Stadium. It's quite just a nice stadium to go to, and they're such a shit club and shit fans that we always <laughs> take loads there and kind of take it over. Yeah. And it's just a nice away day to go to, and it's a weird club. I've got a bit of a weird hatred for them. Just don't know why. I just don't like them in any way, shape, or form. But going to the Majeski is always nice. One that I loved going to, and it was one of the worst games of football that I'd ever seen, was just going to Hillsborough. Um, and I can't remember who it was who had that chance late on and stuck it over the bar last year. Well, that no, wouldn't have been last year, would it? Would it have been last year? No, no, seven in League One for. A- Year before was it? A couple, end of, couple of seasons. A couple I know. Of seasons I, 
I know who I know. I can't think who it was. No, I know the chance. I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't think who it was. I've had a mind blank. But yeah, Dan Pillsbury was one of my favourite ones. Again, went with my dad, a very good friend, family friend of ours. Um, Yeah, that that was just a good day to go there. First time I've been to Hillsborough. Great, great stadium. Traditional, just amazing to, to go there. One to tick off. So... Majeski, because I don't really like Reading, and it's just a nice modern stadium, I guess, than Hillsborough for the historical reasons. Stepping away from the club, um, we'll have to do this. We'll 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 speak quietly and and sort of uh, you know just get this bit over and done with. Your top your top three rivals, and put them in an order. So, who who's the worst, and then who who sort of prop up second and third place for you? For me, Palace, just hate them. Um, we are so different as a fan base, it's unbelievable. We've placed, played them more in recent years than we have the likes of West Ham for me, so I hate them more. Um, just despise them. As I say, hate everything about them. Just, yeah, just make my skin crawl in every way. Um, yeah, can't stand them. My second and third... I mean, we're going to have to put West Ham in there somewhere. But I'm going to put the Leeds rivalry in there. Again, it's probably because of the time that I've spoken about already and my favourite times as a Mill fan. And do you know what? It's not a rivalry that I dislike as such because I think as fan bases, we're very similar. And I always liked playing Leeds, but it's built up into a rivalry, certainly in recent seasons, that you look forward to that game and there's and a real edge to it. Well, I wouldn't say hatred, but there's a, a real edge to it. And it's a, it's just a decent rivalry. And you're, we're obviously going to have to say West Ham, and I probably shouldn't be saying this on our podcast, but the rest of the family or my uncle are West Ham fans. So there's always been a nice bit of edge there. Um, I'm bringing that up. I'm bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, so don't worry, they're not blood. It's not blood uncle. It's born into. Um, right. But... Yeah, he he and my cousin are a West Ham fan, so that that makes interesting viewing at Christmas time. Um, so I'm going to go Palace, Leeds, and West Ham. Right now we've got that out of the way. We've mentioned we've mentioned the enemy <clears throat> as such. A couple of little just sort of quirky questions that I actually thinking about it. I think there's some there could be some really good answers to some of these. Um. So you would have been supporting Millwall for sort of pushing sort of like 27, 28 years? Yeah, so right. 30. Yeah. So the, the first game at New Dem was what, 93? Yeah, so it'd be 30, yeah, so 30, 30 years. Yeah. yeah, 30 years. So in that time, obviously the home kit has pretty much, to my knowledge, I think the home kit has pretty much stayed blue to different variants and different sponsors and things. What's your favourite shirt in your collection? Or favourite shirt that you remember seeing the players in? I think my favourite shirt is the Captain Morgan, just the blue one with the white sleeves. It's just such a traditional kit. And my dad's got a picture of me as a kid kicking a ball up the park in that kit. And it's just always, I love the badge then. That was my favourite badge, just the line with the MFC. Um, Yeah, that was my favourite kit, definitely. And... It's possibly similar. Could be could be a shirt. What's your sort of favourite sort of piece of footballing memorabilia that you own? That it 
ideally i would go mill related or if you have other i don't know perhaps england i'm going to assume you don't have any other kits or or anything <laughs> like that but, um, no. favorite piece of memorabilia do you know what i haven't got a great deal of memorabilia i was having a look around before it's my office i've got a few millwall pictures and um i've got one of the the old probably yeah the traditional kits up there another one up there just a, a print my dad's got a picture of um the old den so it's just a nice picture. I think it was the last game against, was it Bristol Rovers? It was Bristol Rovers, isn't it? The last game. Possibly, um, yeah. He's got all that print in his, just, yeah, it's just a nice picture in a frame. Not mine, but I'm going to say to my dad when he pops his clogs that I'll have it. So, um, yeah, I'll probably say that. I'll probably say that. Um, and I'm going to end on, on one final question obviously this um i'm not we're unsure i'm not sure quite when this is going to go out it will go out uh by this season so it won't be outdated sort of going into next season uh, i'm going to put you right bang on the spot now for a final question where are we all going to finish this season in the championship not when what's going to happen after the season if we make something but where are we going to finish <laughs> what position do you know what? We've got a really tough five, six games and I keeps talking about it. If we can come out of that with three points, and I mean, if we get three draws, avoid defeat in a couple of games, we've got a relatively, I'm not going to say easy because I think it's easier than a middle fan. We've got a relatively easy running and we've got a lot of games that I would look at and say we should be beating those sides. So I'm going to stick my neck out and I'm going to say we're going to finish fifth and play Luton Town in the playoff semi. So basically as the league stands now. Well, you heard it there first. It's been set in stone. There's no getting away from it now. I'm going to try when we don't make a... it, don't hunt me down. I'm going to try and find a way of clipping that so I can save that just in case. Just in case. But if you're if you're any, any supporters out there are uh, betting... Better man or, or woman, follow Ben's tips and uh, Mills. <laughs> don't do fifth. that. My mates would laugh at that comment, mate. Don't definitely don't do that. Uh, that's been who are you with Ben? It's obviously you know been quite interesting to hear stories and and different things that that have come up from from another supporter. Obviously, we are very similar age, and some of our answers. Um, some of the answers you gave but uh, you think about and you go yeah that that's quite you know probably similar to, to sort of what I would say so this has been that Millwall podcast if there anybody's out there listening that would like to come on and do uh, one of these or who are you sort of take around sort of 40 50 minutes please drop drop us a, a message on social media we'd be more than happy to to help you guys um, get involved obviously we have the spaces that go out uh, every week that are well sort of documented you can come in and join us on there and when this does go out it will go out on all the usual channels so on the website spotify and uh, on youtube so check them all out don't forget to like and subscribe and uh, catch you the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason.
Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.